painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. The COVID-19 pandemic has wreaked havoc on many industries, and the performing arts is no exception. In fact, it is getting hit exceptionally hard. With show cancellations and stay-at-home orders, there aren't many opportunities for artists to perform. And that loss of performance means loss of livelihood for many. Today on Artbeat, we speak with Rich McDonald, local performing musician and professor emeritus at Winona State University to hear his thoughts on the hurdles artists currently face and how we might move forward in new ways in the future. I'm Bill Stoneberg. Stick around as we talk to Rich McDonald about the performing arts during and after COVID on Artbeat. I'm here with Rich McDonald. He's Professor Emeritus at Winona State University, and he's also a local performer who plays drums and vibraphone and jazz groups around the region, as well as percussion in the Lacrosse Symphony Orchestra. Hi, Rich. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Bill. Glad to be with you. For sure, for sure. Well, we thought uh, that this could be an interesting conversation, you know, as uh, as we all kind of know, you know, there's been stay-at-home orders because of the pandemic. Uh, live events have not been happening really at all. You know, a little bit has crept back in. Gallery showings haven't been happening. Um, you know, now that we're about five months into this, um, you know, do you want a little, like, talk a little bit about uh, ways artists are struggling and maybe their biggest uh, hurdles right now at this moment or... Yeah, so um, one of the things that I think is really interesting to sort of see what what transpires after we've we've kind of already gone through the the drag the doldrums, I guess you will, if you will, about um, you know all of this opportunity has gone away, and we'll never get it back. I mean, you know, I had so much stuff on the calendar from March to now that just is gone forever. Um, and I think that um, that that sort of you know thing is okay. You know that's over with now. Let's 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 think about where we can go from here. And one of the things that comes to mind right away is is the technology. You know, everybody thinks well. You you know now you can just play together online with all your friends, and it's a beautiful thing. Well, it's not really quite that simple. Um, you know, I've tried a lot of different um, programs. You know, there's stuff. Obviously, the stuff that works really well is like Zoom for just conversations, but it doesn't work at all for for performance. Um, So what seems to be happening now is there's a lot of other things that have come to the fore. You know, there's things like Livestream, Ustream, Twitch, Periscope. Um, There's a couple of programs I've seen, Jamulus and MinJam, which are options of people actually um, performing together online. Um, but you have some issues with monitoring there. And the biggest issue, of course, is latency. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, te- the technology, um, and people just think, well, you just, you just can do that and you can record it. I've seen it on Facebook. Well, when they see that on Facebook, what they're really seeing is um, people recording separately and then combining. Somebody's got to put all that together. Right. You know, and so, but it works. I'm, I'm involved in a couple projects right now that um, with a, with a, a friend that I was introduced to out in Seattle who has some tunes he wants to record. And so I'm, I've got my little studio here at home and I'm playing drums and sending him, uh, what we call stems, which are the, the, the basic tracks and he's putting them in his, his uh, digital audio workstation. So things like that are happening a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is good, but 
it's also, you know, where we have this, I mean, you probably are aware of this, you know, the over the years, just over the last 15 or 20 years, maybe even, you know, maybe even more than that, but I, I've certainly noticed it over the last 15 or so where the sort of mantra it now is, you know, do the live show, give away the music and sell the merchandise. Um, mm. And by taking away the live show, of course, it's, it's really made it difficult, I think, um, and people are going to have to find other ways to try to actually get paid. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, there are musicians, a lot of them, who, who are, you know, that's their primary source of income. And it's, it's unfortunate that they've kind of been stuck in this situation. I was, I was a freelance musician for 15 years before I went back to grad school back in the uh, 80s and early 90s. And mm-hmm. so I can really relate to that. Yeah, and you know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize too. Like you had mentioned, the uh, remote recording. You know, that's something that happens behind the scenes um, increasingly these days. I think before the pandemic, um, it almost seems like it was an in- industry that was that we're heading into a big, a lot of big changes to begin with, and then the pandemic yep. has kind of almost sped things up. You know. Have you heard of any other like um, any other ways people are coping? You, I know you mentioned um, how the thinking was before that you know give the music away and you sell your your show and your merchandise. Have you seen right. any other creative like different routes or? Yeah, you know, there's um, well, there's there are there are a lot of options that people are starting to experiment with, like um, a lot of Facebook Live stuff. It, it works really well if you can do Facebook Live with one person. So. Um, I know some piano players, um, former student of mine, Ryan Howe, has mm. done a number of, um, uh, you know, he's a who's a Winona State grad. He's done a number of Facebook Live things. Another friend of mine, Tom Boursier, down in um, uh, the Decorah area, has done some live streaming. And that's very doable. Um, but then what you do, of course, is you have this option on Facebook where people can donate. You know, they can they can say, hey, this is cool. Here's five bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's that going on, and I've done a f- couple gigs now that are um, outdoor, sort of um, socially distanced, uh, one over in St. Peter with some friends of mine from Minneapolis, and then another one down in Barocqua with a saxophonist down there, Tom Gullion, who's a fantastic player, and he had a little trio, so we just set up in his backyard, and he had people from Barocqua come by. and um, So those things are starting to happen. Of course, that makes it real difficult in minnesota winters <laughs> yeah. i'm going to get a whole lot of that going on but um but i think um i'm excited actually to see what goes on with some of these these new possibilities because i really believe that over over the next short amount of time here we're going to get a really solid way of being able to play and record uh in di- multiple locations that's what's not happening yet okay um, there's yeah. another program that I'm interested in looking at called Soundjack. I've heard about. I haven't checked it out yet, but um, that you know, once that happens, because I've already seen um, a lot of musicians, professional musicians, are, are sort of already finding ways of, for example, teachers are now offering their services online, mm-hmm. whereas that was around before, but it wasn't near as. Um, is common, and now you're seeing a lot of that. A lot of really tremendous players. Um, so if you're if you're really interested in studying your instrument, it's actually a pretty good time to connect with those people because they're not tied up with gigs and touring. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're available to give a lesson or two online. Um, so that I've seen a little bit of that going on as well. 
Yeah, and that's really interesting, you know, stuff like that coming up because um, I, I recently read an article that the pandemic is causing the art world to adapt to newer technologies, you know, and, uh, you know, put um, yeah. photos online, videos, things like that, um, virtual reality stuff. Do you think it'll push the uh, performance industry as well to kind of adapt to new technologies or maybe even come up with new technologies? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think people are going to need to be um, a little bit entrepreneurial and and uh, creative in finding ways. One of the things that's a real problem, though, is how do you get paid? And, and um, that's, you know, for people who are, that's their livelihood, um, that's a real issue. I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with Artist Share, which is a, a fantastic um, online sort of, um, I guess for the lack of a better word, sort of a clearinghouse for artists of all types. A lot of musicians are on there. Uh, Maria Schneider is the one that I know the best on there who's done these Grammy-winning big band records with no companies, no record companies, never put anything on Spotify or YouTube, any of that. Um, And what she does is on Artist Share, um, she has people donate to, you know, these projects, and she adds it at different levels, you know, almost like um, somebody from, you know... um, somebody from a nonprofit who would work with people, you know, um, and that's essentially what our share is. And so she had this new project called Data Lords, which is um, um, you know, she's got this artist who's, who's really contributing um, to the artwork on the music package. So it's this whole package. And um, it's pretty fascinating to see what's going on with Artist Share. Maria's been involved with it for since the early 90s. Um, oh, wow. But now, you know, there's a lot more people who are, who are signed on to it. And again, there's, it's basically all for the artist. The artist uh, gets, gets paid and, and pays the musicians and, and, um, and that's, that's how it's put together. Oh, that's interesting. I have not heard of artist share yet. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Might want to take a look at it. Yeah. Is that, it sounds like it might be similar to like Bandcamp. You know, I know a lot of artists choose to use that as opposed to streaming. Um, right, and and I've seen that argument out a lot lately that uh, don't give all your su- stuff to Spotify and iTunes, um, you know, so that you hold back a little bit so that people can purchase the album. Actually, what do you think about that? What do you think about the streaming world and where we might be headed um, with that direction? Yeah, that's kind of intriguing. You know, I, just two years ago, I I was on sabbatical uh, from Winona State, and I I did a um, a big band project. Um, it's called the the um, Commission Project with this band up in Minneapolis called the Jasmine Orchestra, um, and the the there was two it was kind of a twofold project. One was I wanted to commission a bunch of writers to write me a bunch of big band material, writers that I really respected from around the country, that I could then write pedagogy around because I've you know been teaching all these years and. I've always wanted to to put something together like this. So this this project, I'm actually working on it. I was working on it this morning. Um, uh, so the the what I'm doing is I have the option now of removing the drums. We record everything to a click with the band in the studio up in Minneapolis, um, and uh, so I can remove the drums and have it be a play along thing for oh, students. Wow. And I'm in the process of transcribing what I played to show you know how I how this would happen versus what's on the actual page and why. Um, but anyway, in, in that project, um, I also produced a CD. Um, and I, I went through this whole 
thing of, okay, what am I going to do? Um, I'm not going to try to, you know, spend money on, on uh, trying to, you know, promote it. Um, how am I going to deal with it? So I decided to go ahead and put it out there. So it's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, it's on Amazon, it's on all those places. Mm-hmm. Again, what the artist share people have not done, um, I went ahead and did that. And um, it's interesting to go and look on YouTube and see how many listens you've had. And every once in a while, I get this little check. Um, they don't, they don't. I, it's on um, CD Baby. I'm oh, sorry. okay, yeah. And you know, so they can you can actually buy the CD from there. But you know, it's funny because you talk to a lot of musicians, and it's like CDs have turned into the uh, like basically expensive business cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are giving them away. You know, so. Anyway, I went that route thinking that I, I, I just want to get it out there. I want to make it available to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't seen much in the way of, of money compensation from that at all. Right. I didn't expect that I would. Um, but that wasn't the main reason I did it. You know, I've got this pedagogical thing that I'm working on, and that, that's going to take me a long time to finish. But But that was a project that kind of speaks to that whole idea of, okay, you got to make up your mind. You want a bunch of... CDs sitting in your basement and nobody listens to, or you want to get it out there and see what happens. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the dilemma. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a real dilemma for people. Well, and it's really tough too. Cause I think a lot of, um, especially, uh, at the smaller level, smaller clubs, things like that. And, uh, people who are touring and they're selling t-shirts and CDs at their shows, you know, and I think right. they're, they're viewing that CD as a source of income, um, I think, unfortunately, though, I don't think a lot of people use CDs anymore, regardless, you know? That's that's another thing, yeah. So, like, I'm on all the streaming services, and, you know, so you can stream that stuff from Spotify or from, you can actually stream it from Amazon, you know, mm-hmm. you can buy a, 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 a thing for, for 99 cents or whatever, just like you do on Apple iTunes, it's on there, too. So, yeah, that's that's another option. You're right. I mean, I don't even know if I've got a CD player around here somewhere, but I haven't used it in quite a while. <laughs> right. But I do, I do listen to CDs quite often in my car. Mm. People give me a CD, and that's my. Of course, I haven't been going anywhere, so I haven't been <laughs> in my car. <laughs> I think I bought gas like twice since February. You know, it's like, you'll have to take a drive just so you can listen to stuff, right? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I have to go out in, the, out in my driveway and listen to music. Oh wow! But that's, yeah, that's... but that's the dilemma. You know, mm-hmm. that's the real dilemma, and. Uh, you know, I uh, I don't I don't have a really I don't have a crystal ball, obviously, but I I think that the um, the idea of of playing live in multiple locations is really one that'll be really interesting to see um, if and when it really happens at a really high level. Right. And I mean, there's no reason why it shouldn't. You know, the technology is there. It's just it's just not quite there in terms of the latency issue. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I don't know enough about the the ones and zeros of all that, but yeah, that's an interesting thing to watch. It is for sure. And I think you're right. The technology's there. I think, you know, it just needs to be um, kind of fine tuned a little bit and, you know, more accessible, yeah. I think to the artists, you know, you know, one of the things I discovered trying to teach online, you mm-hmm. know, with this last semester, having retired in May, I had that last six weeks of, of, um, of, you know, the students and deal with, and one of the one of the issues with teaching online, of course, is that you can't really control 
what is on the other end in terms of you know how how well they're they're set up whether they're, they're they've got a really good connection mm-hmm. whether they're just dealing with DSL or whether they're dealing with with an internet connection i had many internet connection issues with students over those last 6 weeks of the last semester right um so that's one of the issues that's going to have to be addressed with regard to this idea of performing online together in different locations is what is going to be the minimum requirements for for that to be able to happen. Right, definitely, you know. And I think you brought up a good point there, um, education too. You know, I know that's kind of a whole other conversation, but I was kind of thinking as I was thinking about this interview, um, what about the impacts of like art schools and music schools? You know, do you think we're going to see an effect down the road from all of this that, uh, I don't know, maybe more enrollment, less enrollment, you know, um, I don't know. I just don't know how this is going to affect it. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I do. Um, one of the things that I think that um, has been interesting to watch over the past several years has been the rise of these um, for-profit institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course, I'm kind of old school. I think the I think the better way for a student to study is to be immersed in a in a liberal arts environment. Mm-hmm. But that's really you know people don't really you know they're not as enthused about that well i think it's it's a mistake i think people really should continue to think that way um and you know covid's going to go i mean it's not going to go away but but there'll be a way for people to deal with it um it'll be interesting to see what happens even this fall with many institutions but a year from now in in fall of 21 for example it'll be interesting to see what where things are going i think the non the, the for-profit institutions have really siphoned off a lot of of really talented people and what seems to be happening is that people aren't as interested in sort of, you know, going and, and having the liberal arts experience, which I think is sad. I think it's I think they're missing out. I really do. Um, I would say that that the I guess what we could look to see, because, you know, we've also got this enrollment issue with there being fewer and fewer students um, you know, there's just not as many people that age mm-hmm. um, in the state and the region. So, um, but I, I don't know. Uh, I, I would, I would say that that um, you know, liberal arts education will always be there, and and I think it's really valuable. Um, but there are instances where, you know, people, hey, give me the information. You know, uh, let me play with great players. You know, the Berkeley School of Music, for example, mm-hmm. um, which is a terrific school, and the one that just went belly up, McNally Smith up in St. Paul was a, was a really good school. I know a lot of the teachers up there. Um, they're fantastic players, and they, they teach on the side, but, but it's a good experience for the students. But the expense of it is just enormous. Right, um, right. Those places are so expensive for people. And I, um, I agree with you about the liberal arts thing, too. Do you think there's a difference in a shift of thinking in the students, too? Is like um, uh, maybe a cut-to-the-chase yeah. type attitude instead of, well, let's immerse in this and, and grow as an artist? or. Yeah, I think maybe that's true. I think you're probably right about that. You know, um, the, you know, it's sort of like, well, let's just get to the real stuff. I don't, I don't really care about learning about philosophy or history or, or you know, any of the, the what we would call the gen ed curriculum. Mm-hmm. You know, people, they just want to do their thing. And, um, you know, but I think back on the years that I spent, you know, as an undergrad and very valuable 
time uh, mm-hmm. in so many ways. Now that I'm in my 60s, I can really see that. But, you know, people are in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, give me the information, give me the information. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, well, you know, because that's the beauty, of course, of there being so much information. But it's also the, 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 the bane of our existence because you don't know what sources are reliable. Well, um, it's really hard to track down reliable sources, you know? Yeah, that and um, when do you sit with your own thoughts and kind of, um, for lack of a better term, like decompress from the day or, you know, um, when do you make space in your head and your heart for the art, you know, for the for something to come out? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and when do you, you know, what is it about arts that makes it real? You know, I, I use this term a lot with my students over the years called music plus, and, and what I mean by that is, it's not in a vacuum. Um, we don't mm-hmm. we don't perform in a vacuum. We you know we need people. We need to be connected to people. Um, there's so much interdisciplinary work that can be done uh, if you just give yourself a chance to to connect with people in different ways. Um, but music, just for music's sake, I mean, you know, you're preaching to the choir there. I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. But um, the audience is not generally. Um, audiences are based on relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And when you establish relationships with people, whether that's virtually or in person, um, then those are the people that are going to support what you're doing and as well as you can support what they're doing. Um, and that's where, um, you know, somebody who's a lot more knowledgeable about that than me probably should talk about how the virtual world is connecting people. Um, I see it as a little bit of a disconnect at this point in the game, but that doesn't mean it's going to always be that way. Right, and that's kind of how I feel too. You know, at this point, it feels yeah. like a disconnect, but hopefully, yeah. we can figure out new ways. I think moving forward. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and there, there's there's got to be um, a happy medium there. Um, you know, the the idea, of course, is if you have a face to face class where. You know, um, the first thing at, at the beginning of class, you just ask the students to turn in their phones. Well, there's another way to do that. There's blended classes where you can have them use their phones mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and explain to them. If I was still teaching, that's one of the ways I would go. I think the blended class idea is a really good one um, where, okay, rather than, you know, you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. You know, right. okay, look this up and look this up and let's talk about primary sources. Let's talk about why. You don't want to be spending your time on this particular website because of X and Y and Z. Um, you know that's a that's a, a important distinction to make. And I, unfortunately, I think a lot of students, a lot of young people, aren't able to make that distinction. And it, it makes sense that they wouldn't be able to. You know, I, I mean, I remember writing a dissertation back in the '90s. Um, you know, I, I had a whole chapter on you know review of existing literature. You know what is out there on what you're writing about, and mm-hmm. are they are the sources good, and what have they done so far? Well, you know that kind of um, in-depth thing is kind of getting washed away because there's so many sources. Um, so again, you want the information, but you know how good is the information? How how reliable is it? You know, it's like what is it the, the alternative alternative facts? You know, truth is is what, based on whatever facts you're getting, and if you're getting a different set of facts that aren't necessarily, <laughs> that aren't necessarily the, 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 the real facts, that, but you're, you're getting this, these sort of different brainwashing things, well, you're going to arrive at a different truth. Right. So in the arts, um, you know, that's, that's the beauty of the arts, is that, you know, it's pretty easy to tell something that's true and something that isn't. Um, and 
you know, where 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 we kind of fall down is when we we try to put it into these these buckets of information. Well, it's really not that. It's it's a, it's a relationship. It's a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know, obviously we're we're both talking about the same thing relative to where's that connection going to come from? How are we going to make it happen? Right. And and maybe again, maybe I'm the old guy in the room here, but I. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm certainly missing that, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that, that the virtual world is, is done that well at it yet. Well, I don't, <laughs> I honestly, I don't think you're alone in that. And I also, I've talked to some students lately who have seen, seem to be expressing a similar thing where it's almost like since they've been staying home more, they may be using more social media. And I think there's like an overload going on with, with a couple of people I've talked to, um, do you think maybe they'll figure out or start to see these things that you're talking about? Like, well, you know, look at your source, you know, where are you getting the information from? Um, maybe this will have a positive effect where there's an overload and they go, Oh, wait a minute. I'm not really connecting this way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe that's true. I think, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes you need to be sort of inundated with something to realize, you know, it's like, if you eat ice cream, you know, three times a day, eventually you're kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I want to eat any more ice cream mm-hmm. for a while, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it's a good, it's a good point. And yeah, you're probably right on there. I mean, there, I would think that that students are probably, you know, really, um, you know, hankering for some from some connection there mm-hmm. um, outside of this. But you know, um, the interesting thing about all of that, of course, is that it brings out sort of the, um, you know, when they talk about things going viral and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. it brings out the sort of, you know, it reminds me of a lot of the guys when I was coming up in the 70s and early 80s that wanted to make it, you know, and they were trying to make hit records, and they right. were they were going to be this kind of player or that kind of player. And, you know, there were a lot of carrots out there back then because there were bands looking for players. You know, where I went to undergrad school down in Texas at the University of North Texas, you know, some of the bands would come in, Maynard Ferguson's band and Stan Kenton's band, and, you know, these uh-huh. bands would come in and, and say, hey, we need some players. Players would jump out of school and go on the bands. Um, you know, so, so that was kind of a, a thing. Um, and so, you know, those carrots aren't there. They're different kinds of carrots, and they're, they're, they're living they're more in the virtual world. And so when they talk about these viral things, that reminds me a lot of, of well, it, for us, it was playing with so-and-so. You know, now it's how many likes do I get on Facebook or how many hits do I get on Instagram or whatever. You know? Right, right. Um, well, maybe the, uh, you know, you talked about uh, uh, remote recording before and uh, it was as we move towards it being more possible to do it real-time, stuff like that. Maybe that opens yeah. up the playing field a little bit, and more players are able to uh, get those gigs. Yeah, I hope so. I, I really do. I, that's one of the things I'm excited about the technology because generally it seems like the technology sort of um, people drive, you know, sort of the mother of invention, I guess, if you will. The mm-hmm. you know what's needed, and therefore the technology then then sort of answers what's needed, and what's needed right now. I think in that whole realm is a way for people to connect live. I mean, you know, for yeah. example, one of my heroes, Chick Corea, mm-hmm. now has, I see it on Facebook all the time, he's got a little institute that he's created, a, an educational 
outreach that he's doing. And, um, you know, he's well into his 70s now. I think he's probably 75 years old, and mm-hmm. and he's really digging this. You know, he's creating this virtual thing. Well, you know, for me, when they get to the point where we can play together, I'm going to pay him to play with him. I mean, he's he's like, that would be the coolest thing ever for mm-hmm. me. I, I even know what tune I want to play with him, you know. <laughs> Um, so it's like, <laughs> right. but I don't know, maybe I won't see that in the next 20 years, who knows, but that's, that's to me, that's an exciting thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if I were a student right now, especially a music student, I might consider just taking a year off yeah. um, and really, you know, rather than trying to figure stuff out in this weird environment, I, you know, I'd, I'd spend some time and money getting a little studio happening in my my house or my apartment or whatever, mm-hmm. and I take some lessons with these people that are just available. Oh yeah, um, you could you could really learn a lot, you know, from some of these people that you wouldn't have a a, a chance, you know, uh, any kind of outside chance of, of of connecting with them if it weren't for where we are now. So there's another example of of maybe you know there's an opportunity that people could grab onto. Yeah. I think so. Again, for sure. I don't 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 quote me on telling students not to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been careful of, of that as well, but uh, I have had a few conversations with students where they're contemplating that. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense in this time, I think, you know, and especially if you're, like you said, a music student or an art student, you can go and uh, do your practice and learning. And, you know, there are people out there who aren't performing, so they're available to uh, teach and things like that. So thanks again to Rich McDonald for joining us today on Artbeat. This concludes part one of our conversation on the performing arts and COVID. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday at 1230 for part two of our conversation. Oh, and I checked out that website Rich mentioned called Artist Share. It involves a really great crowdfunded way to support the arts. I would highly recommend checking it out at artistshare.com. For more conversations on art, tune into Artbeat Tuesdays at 1230 right here on 89.5 KQL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just heard from Professor Emeritus and performer Rich McDonald. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday at 1230 for the second half of our conversation on Artbeat. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org. Is art an important part of your life? Tune into Artbeat Tuesdays at 1230 right here on 89.5 KQAL. Artbeat is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.